Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode today on trading costs. I think you're going to find it useful um, and hopefully learn something too. Just a quick note here at the top to say we would love to hear from you. If you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss in particular, or if you've got any questions or anything, just please get in touch with us. Um, you can get in touch with us uh, via Instagram or instagram.com forward slash FX Scouts. Just drop us a DM or you can email us at podcast at fxscouts.com. That's podcast at fxscouts.com. Thanks and uh, enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Alison, how are you today? I'm very good, Chris. How's it going your side? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. Um, uh, today we're going to talk about something very important, actually. Uh, the last few episodes we talked about forex brokers, risk management, and then last time we talked about trading platforms. But we've also talked about regulation and why it's the number one factor. It's got to be the number one consideration for uh, for beginners uh, when or for anyone really for when you um when you choose a forex broker but the next most important factor is uh, for most people is going to be cost how much is it going to cost you to trade forex with your forex broker um and the important thing here is that there are three main different types of costs associated with forex trading there's uh, the minimum deposit which um most of our listeners will be familiar with, or at least heard, heard what that means. Uh, then there's going to be your trading costs, how much it's actually going to cost you to place and open a trade with the broker. And then there's uh, non-trading fees um, that brokers charge. And those are, those are different and varied. And um, today we're just going to cover the minimum deposit and trading costs. And I think we'll leave the trading costs until next time because... Um, yeah, they're a bit of a they're a bit of a mixed bag, and they'll need more discussion. Yeah, it's it is a it's a big section to cover the the non trading fees. Um, so with that, I guess we should start with the minimum deposit, which is basically, as you said, Chris, how much money you need to deposit with the broker to open a trading account. Um, and this changes from broker to broker. So some brokers have no minimum deposit at all. For example, uh, if, I, if I think of Pepperstone, FBS, and Axie, they don't have a minimum deposit to open an account with them, but they do have a recommended amount that, that, they, you know, that they say to traders you, they should put in to, to start trading, um, just so that you don't get stopped out and lose all the money in your trading account. Um, and minimum deposits vary from one USD to 1,000 USD or more. Um, and the higher the minimum deposits, usually the lower your trading costs, um, including tighter spreads, which is something we'll get to just now, or lower commissions. And you will also, with a higher minimum deposit, you'll often receive uh, more benefits. And these include one-on-one -on -one customer service, for example, um, access to trading tools such as AutoTrustist or TradingView, um, free VPS services, premium educational materials, uh, access to seminars and webinars, 
Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got to look at the different um, benefits that you'll get and uh, where you're at as a trader and whether or not it's worth putting in, in a higher minimum deposit to start trading. Yeah, listen, as you mentioned, um, accounts, uh, minimum deposits vary from, uh, from one US dollar or, or nothing at all to a thousand US dollars or more. And I've seen some trading accounts that um, have recommended, have a, have a required minimum deposit of 50,000 US dollars. Um, but accounts with, with low minimum deposits, so like one US dollar, two or five US dollars, uh, these tend to be micro accounts or cent accounts. And these are accounts where instead of the balance being displayed in US dollars, um, you're trading in US dollar cents and transactions are carried out in US dollar cents as well. So, so costs are obviously much, much lower. Um, and as a result, the risk is much lower as well. I mean, they're great accounts uh, for beginners uh, to start with because, you know, you're never going to risk very much money at all. But you do get a feel for the live, uh, the live trading environment. And you get a feel for the psychological risk that uh, comes your your response to uh, your psychological response to the risk that comes with with live trading. But the average minimum deposit for for most entry level accounts is between fifty and hundred US dollars. But we would always recommend opening a standard account, uh, i.e., not a micro account or a cent account, with a minimum of two hundred US dollars. I think this is something you mentioned just now um, because. With high leverage, your chances of uh, wiping out your account are are much higher. If you start dropping much below two hundred US dollars, um, you can't really take, you can't really place the the size of trades that you need to trade to, to make to profit and and take the risks that you need to take uh, with with a smaller account. It becomes much more difficult, and you end up having to take if you've got an account with a hundred dollars or less, you end up having to take much larger risks in order to make any kind of serious profit. Um, and then you're opening themselves up to just losing, losing everything. So yeah, we, we, um, we, recommend, um, we recommend starting your account with, with at least 200 and, um, and then and, you know, and avoiding, as always, trying to avoid high leverage when you start out, uh, as I said, because this can lead to, to account wipeout. Yeah, absolutely. So there are three main trading costs that we always take into consideration when we're evaluating whether a broker has high or low trading fees. All brokers charge a spread on, on for each trade, um, but some brokers will also charge a commission. And another common cost is the swap fee paid for holding a position overnight. Um, and a good understanding of these costs is very important for beginner traders because some brokers do charge more fees than others. Um, and when we review brokers, these are the three main costs that we take into consideration to decide whether a broker has high or low trading fees. Yeah. Um, and the most common fee, as you mentioned, there, the most common fee that people are going to see is, is the spread. And this is a difference between the buying and the buy and the sell price of whatever you're trading or whatever asset, whatever instrument you're trading. And the spread is measured in pips. Uh, this is the fifth decimal, decimal place of an asset's price. This is a hard concept to describe in a podcast, I'm not going to lie. Um, I would look it up on, on the internet and try and get a visualization. Uh, it's difficult to break down over a podcast, and it's something it's really important for all beginners to understand what a PIP is, because this is how the majority of your costs are going to be measured. It's going to be measured in PIPs. And so the spread is measured in pips. Um, brokers will, what brokers do is they artificially widen the spread from the original market price of an asset. 
So this means when you're buying or selling an instrument uh, on the spread, you're buying it below or above its true market price. Um, and what this means is that it's going to require a larger fluctuation in the market for your trade to make a profit. Um, some brokers will offer a fixed spread, meaning the difference between the buy and the sell price of an instrument will never change. Others will offer a floating or a variable spread, meaning that the spread gets wider or it gets tighter, um, gets larger or smaller, in other words, depending on demand and depending on volatility, depending how many other people are, are trading at the same time. I personally prefer floating spreads, uh, except times of high market volatility, you'll see that spreads can get really narrow. Um, but many beginners prefer to trade with a fixed spread as this makes uh, trading costs much easier to calculate. You always know, you always know how much you're going to pay, be paying the broker in terms of the spread for, for that instrument. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think another thing that beginners like, well, won't have a really good feel for is whether a, a spread is high or tight and, uh, or if the spread is wide. So, um, we also give a little bit of a description of, of what a, a tight and what a widespread is so that beginner traders know, uh, whether they're getting ripped off by the broker or whether they're getting a good deal, basically. Um, so on, on a standard or non-commission account, the industry average spread is about one pip for the euro USD. That's an average spread. Um, but many brokers offer spreads as high as 1.5 pips on their entry-level accounts. Um, these are the accounts with the lowest minimum deposits. Accounts with higher minimum deposits often get down to 0.6 pips on the euro USD um, with no commission, which is very, very tight. Um, and some good brokers, for example, IG Markets, will offer these spreads on their standard accounts, um, which means that even if you don't pay the higher minimum deposits, you'll be able to access these spreads. Um, brokers with lower spreads tend to be larger, like IG, global brokers with large customer bases and who can afford to keep these costs low. Yeah, um, that's right. So the basically, the larger the broker, uh, the more um, the more clients they have, the more volume they're trading, um, and they can afford to have narrower margins, so they can keep these prices really low. And they've also got more liquidity providers, uh, so they get the, the best pricing available. You'll find that smaller brokers will often have a tough time matching them. But some brokers um, will also charge commission. Um, and commissions are generally charged by brokers, which we call DMA or direct market access brokers. They offer pricing, the prices of the instruments, they are direct from the wider Forex market. They come direct from the liquidity provider. There's no markup. They don't mark up the spread. Or if they do mark up the spread, they mark it up very little. And instead of marking up the spread, instead of artificially widening the spread, they will charge a flat commission as a fee, basically, for providing this direct market access service. DMA, direct market access brokers, don't generally target beginner traders. And they often have higher minimum deposits, but not all of them. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Tapstone and Axie are both um, direct market access brokers. And they're very comfortable with beginner traders coming, coming to their side. Yes, I mean, they're, they're probably some of our favorite brokers, uh, Pepperstone and Axie. Um, and they also, the commissions that they charge are usually based on the volume traded. Um, and in, vol in Forex trading, the volume is measured in lots. Um, and as you said with PIPs, Chris, um, 
uh, it's not such a difficult concept to grasp, but it might be something that that's worth sort of doing a bit more research on. But lots are generally charged uh, are generally a hundred thousand units of whatever currency you are buying or selling. And you, brokers sometimes offer mini lots. Well, a lot of them actually offer mini lots, which are uh, measured in ten thousand units, and micro lots, which are charged in thousand units. Micro lots are the volumes that you'd find that you can trade on cent accounts or many, you know, the entry level accounts that you find at different brokers. And as we were speaking about the benchmark for spreads and what's a wide versus a tight spread, um, the average commission at different brokers is usually about 3.5 US dollars per side or 7 US dollars per lot traded or round turn um, commission, which means uh, you pay 3.5 US dollars when you open the trade and 3.5 US dollars when you close the trade, um, making it a round turn commission or a complete commission for that trade of 7 US dollars. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. About 7 US USD is about what you'd expect to spend at a, at a direct market access broker. I mean, of course, some brokers charge less. Um, we were just talking a little bit earlier today about Tickmill. Um, you know, I think they've got uh, one of their accounts, they only charge four US dollars round turn uh, for direct market access. So you can find lower. But then, yeah, just be aware there's a lot of uh, direct their brokers who call themselves direct market access who will keep spreads very low, but then they'll charge you high commissions. So always read the small print, uh, especially when it comes to commission. And if you go, if you go to our site, um, go to our site, so fxscouts.com or, or Trade Forex SA, .co.za, uh, where we compare brokers, you see that one of the variables that we compare is, is uh, the cost of trading at a broker. Um, when we calculate this, we always use one, the cost of trading one lot of euro US dollars, so 100,000 units of euro US dollars, and that includes the spread in the commission. Yeah, so for example, uh, you know, a good example we always give is if you had to open an account with IG Markets, which has a spread of 0 0.6 pips on Euro USD and no commission, uh, you would pay around 6 USD or US dollars for every 100,000 US dollars you traded. Yeah, we find it's a really helpful metric for beginners to understand uh, really basic rather than talking about you know, trying to combine spreads and commissions and swap fees, and which we'll get into in a second, uh, you can just see right there, like this is how much it's going to cost you to trade 100,000 uh, units of Euro USD at this broker. Um, and, and it's very easy, very easy to see. Um, I just mentioned the third uh, swap fee, which um, trading fee we're going to talk about today, which is swap fees. Uh, so swap fees, Forex trading is leverage trading, um, as I'm sure you all know now. And this means that you borrow money from your broker to artificially enlarge your trading position. Um, and just like any time in life when you borrow money, you have to pay interest on your loan, on whatever you've borrowed. And so when you hold a trading position overnight, the leverage that you've borrowed from your broker is going to incur an interest charge. And this is called the swap fee. And the cost of the swap fee will depend on which asset, you're, which instrument you're trading. Uh, the amount of leverage you're using, and again, on the volume, the size, the size of the trade. Brokers tend to charge swap fees at the LIBOR rate, which is an international uh, benchmark rate charged by large banks. Brokers also sometimes charge a commission on top of these rates. So we always suggest comparing swap fees charged by brokers because they can significantly affect your profitability if you're, if you're holding trades overnight. And depending on the swap fee, you're going you're gonna to think about how much leverage you want to use. 
Um, and you also think about how long you want to hold your position. I mean, maybe you don't want to hold it overnight at all. Maybe you're planning to hold it for a few weeks and you realize that swap fees are going to be outrageous. So you want to pull back a bit. Another fee that, that many traders don't think about or don't take into consideration are copy trading fees. Followers or those who copy the trades of other usually more experienced traders or strategy providers will pay a commission to the strategy provider. And basically, this is a percentage of the profits gained on the trade. Uh, most brokers don't charge the trader or the follower if there is no um, profit. So if the, the, the strategy provider loses your money, you, you, you won't have to pay them on top of that. But um, any profits that you gain will be charged as, as a percentage of the, the profits that you gained on that trade. And some brokers or copy trading platform providers, such as Zulu Trade and MyFXBook AutoTrade, which are some of the most popular providers, also charge a monthly fixed fee to use the copy trading services. Yeah, and that's, I think, something we're going to go into detail on, on another episode at some point is copy trading. I know there's a huge amount of interest in it for beginner traders, um, people who start off. And as you can see why they're easily, it's, it's a very tempting thing to be able to copy the trades of, uh, of experienced and professional traders. But yeah, they need to be aware that there are fees involved in this. You'll be paying a commission. The one exception, actually, uh, we were talking about before, before this podcast is eToro, who don't charge, uh, your, I mean, their entire platform is is based around copy trading or social trading. And there's no charge uh, for copying other traders. And it's, but it's also important to note that on top of when you're copy trading, you will also be paying the other trading fees we've talked about. Um, so there's, so there's, this is an additional charge on top of the spread or on top of the commission and on top of your minimum deposit that you're going to be paying. Um, and brokers will also charge other fees. Um, but these are not directly involved in trading costs. These are not trading costs. Brokers charge deposit and withdrawal fees. They charge inactivity fees and accounts. Uh, they charge VPS hosting fees. Uh, Islamic trading accounts or swap free accounts have additional fees to cover the cost of the removal of the swap fee. But in terms of trading costs, the main takeaway here is that no matter what your minimum deposit is, the ongoing trading fees like the spread in the commission uh, that you pay are going to be the main source of your costs when you trade um, and the swap fees, of course. So it's important to find a trustworthy broker with low cost from the outset of your trading career. Um, and if you go to, to our website, we, we create, we've created many lists of, of brokers and we, we evaluate them based on their trading fees and, and trading costs, uh, including the, the non-trading fees. So go have a look there and um, yeah. So I think that just about covers it this week, Alison. Um, but next week, we're going to be back here and we're going to be talking about uh, some of the non-trading fees involved in, uh, involved in Forex trading. See you then, Chris. Bye.